the Lord made up my mind for me. Thank goodness. Because I had so much already on my heart and my mind. I've had on my mind all week. I didn't want to preach a message. Brother Raven, did you ever stand and not want to preach a message you'd done already preached before? I don't want to preach over my warmed over old messages that God gave me years ago. And that's what I felt like I was going to have to do this morning. Till after we come up here and we practice at 8.30 this morning, I got back home and, and I had an old battle with the devil. I had to go out to Dollar General and get my wife some makeup. <laughs> Saw another pastor out there and he said, let me hug you, brother. He seen me getting makeup. He said, just let me hug you. <laughs> brother Thurston Garrett. <laughs> and then the law was out there and I said, he's here to arrest me and for buying makeup. Amen. So me and old devil had a time this morning, a real time. But when I got back, huh? Is the makeup not working for me? Amen. Turn the light up just a little bit so you can see it. It was eyeliner. <laughs> Amen. But God got to deal with it. Thank you, sweetie. Amen. That's a cold one. God got to deal with me. I wanted to preach on, and he went a little bit further. I wanted to preach on what all God had done and how Jesus went further. Because I read the scripture, I believe, last week as we had our Easter Sunday and how Jesus went a little bit further and he stopped and he prayed again. And I told y'all how I was in Israel and, and I was there at the spot. And they told us that was where Jesus prayed. I don't know, he, three different times he went a little bit further. And his disciples were so sleepy they fell asleep. Amen. I wanted to preach on that Jesus went further in his preaching. Jesus went further in how he loved people. Jesus went further in his praying. It talks about in the Word of God how he prayed morning, noon, and night. How he continuously prayed. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Amen. I tell you what, just turn to Matthew real quick, and uh, we'll see. I don't know. We're just going to mind the fear of God. Amen. Matthew, Matthew real quick. Matthew uh, 26, 39. I, I want to read that to you. But here's what God laid on my heart as I sat down there in that chair. God got speaking to me. I told Rhonda, I said, Lord, the mercy, I just don't like for the Lord to do me this way. Listen, I don't care. I've been pastoring 33, almost 34 years. I still get nervous every time I stand to preach. It makes me a nervous wreck. Amen. I do not like to do weddings. If you ask me to marry you, I'll marry you, but I don't like it. If the Holy Ghost of God's not leading me in what I'm doing, folks, I'm scared. I can't help it. I've always been that way. Can't help it. But I sat down in my chair, and God got speaking to me about my memories. And I got to remembering all the times Jesus loved on me and personally sat down with me and visited with me. Amen. Let me read you this scripture first, and then I want to go, because I'm going to get, amen, I, I don't know. We're just going to mind the Spirit of God. Amen. I, I'm not going to preach for a few minutes, and I'll just go ahead and tell you that, because I believe I need to anoint some folks and pray. Amen. And I believe when Brother Don gets in here, I need to anoint him and pray. But this is some things that God wants me to share with you this morning. I believe that everybody in here needs to hear. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39 and, and just let me explain to you briefly. I told you this is where Jesus and his disciples, this was after they'd left the upper room. They'd just got through having the Lord's Supper, okay? 
And uh, here in verse 39, it says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thy will be done. Amen. And as I told you, he went further in his praying. He went further. Write this down if you want to. He went further in his preaching. I want you to go home and look these things up. He went further in his promises to his children, to his church. Amen. He went further with his people. Amen. With Israel. But he went further with his punishment, okay? And then God got to speaking to me and said, Do you remember all the personal times that I've come with you? You know, I got to thinking about these things, and I thought, well, Lord, I've preached that before. And then God got speaking to me about all the personal times. Let me ask y'all something. Do y'all remember when you was lost? Do you remember? Think, stop and think, man. Listen to me. Everybody listen to me. Do you remember when you were lost? Before you ever cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, save my soul. Do you remember? Do you remember how it felt? There was a fear. I don't know if you're like me, but I sat in that church and my whole heart went, I thought it was going to come out of my chest. Even though I was 11 years old, my heart tried to come out of my chest. And I thought, I've got to do something, but I didn't that night. Did any of you ever sit there? You don't raise your hand and be honest with me. Did any of you ever sit there when God was speaking to you? God spoke to my heart 11 and said, you're lost, Jeff, and you're on your way to hell. My mama and daddy prayed for me all their life. I was 11 days old the first time I was ever in church. I know some of you never went to church when you were at home, your mom and dad. Amen. You might not have gotten church after, but my mom and dad took me at 11 year old. I had personal experience, amen. From then on, I was in church, amen. Until I was 11 year old, my mom prayed for me, and I believe she prayed the pray, same prayer I prayed for my two boys. I prayed, Lord, soon as my two boys get old enough to realize they're lost, save them. You know what I started praying the day Emma was born? She's sick. My grandbaby's 16-year-old. I got six grandbabies. I've been praying for them down to two-year-old Cutler. I've been praying for them every day. Lord, as soon as they reach the age of accountability, as soon as they're old enough to realize they're lost, save their souls. Well, God's done saved Emma. He's done saved Kelby. Amen. And he'll save the other four. There's no doubt. But I sat there that night at New Hope Church. And, and I'll, I'll tell you a little experience of a man with that. But I said at New Hope Baptist Church, and a man that I didn't even know was kin to me was preaching the revival. Never had met him in my life, but they told me after. Well, I went home that night lost for the first time. I went home that night realizing I was going to die lost and go to hell if I died. Any of you ever been there? I, sl I laid there that night, 11 year old now. All night long, amen, waking up all night long thinking, boy, if I die, I'm going to, I didn't want to go to sleep. I was scared. Listen, some preachers might tell you they're going to love you into heaven. Well, I got scared in getting saved. I was afraid I was going to die lost to go to hell. Some preachers won't preach hell to you because they're afraid it might not be right. I'm going to tell you, it's right. The Bible says there's a heaven and there's a hell. Amen. There's a hell to shine in the heaven to gain. And I'm so thankful that God dealt with me that night because the next night I went. I think it was a Thursday night. I sat there by my mama about six rows back on this side right here. 
I sat there with my mama, and I squalled. I can't tell you one word the preacher said. I couldn't have told you that night one word the preacher said. I just sat there the whole time knowing I was lost. And as soon as he said, you can come, I was going. And it didn't take but just a second. My mama looked down and said, son, to you. And I was up, and I was, boy, I was out through there. Her right behind me. I ran to that altar. I don't remember anything else except just jumping up and taking off. That's all I remember. I just know I got up that night. I turned around, and the world had changed for me. If you've truly been washed in the blood, the world has changed for you. Amen. That was a special time for me. Amen. Then I got baptized. I never will forget. You know what? Mama told me, said, son, you need to be baptized. And, and you know, I used to preach the message now that I'm saved. What's next? And this here worked just good with that. Amen. Mama told me, said, son, listen, Jesus was baptized for an example for you. You need to be baptized. So I, I, first thing I'd done, I went to Spring Hill the next Sunday. I joined the church. That was Mom and Dad's church, so I joined the church. Amen. Listen to me. If you're not part of a church, you need to join one. You say, why, preacher? Because people in a church hold you accountable. The church holds you accountable, each other. They hold the pastor accountable. The pastor holds you accountable. Amen. It makes you want to live a better life. And I want to tell you something else. There's nothing like getting together with several people that love Jesus and coming together and singing, oh, how I love Jesus. Amen. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost of God flowing from this and to that and to that and, and just going right around the room. Hallelujah. But I remember they took me to that pond, Floyd Adams. My pastor was Floyd Adams. Took us over to his pond over on Pea Ridge. Well, there's about five or six of us over there and over our close to John Adams' house now, I believe, his grandson. Well, I got to looking and there's a snake in the water. I was living near old. I never knew why I got baptized. I never knew what it was for. I didn't know a thing about getting baptized. I got that water, but I was watching for that snake the whole time. He baptized me. I come up looking for that snake. Amen. So listen, I will tell you, you need to be baptized. But listen, you'd be a lot better off right up there. <laughs> no. Amen. Don't, I, the second time, I was baptized again, okay? And it was precious, and it was wonderful because me and my wife, me and my wife had rededicated their life. Now, I want to listen. Listen to me. I want you to take a, a stroll back down memory lane today. And I want you to remember the times Jesus has been precious in your life, that he's reached down and he's touched your heart so much. Amen. He got a hold of me and the preacher was preaching, and he said, maybe your baptism didn't stick. Or maybe your baptism wasn't just exactly like it needed to be. And the Lord got a hold of me again before my old chest got to beat, and I thought, that's me. So me and my wife went, and we were baptized together. And I'll tell you something, I shouted the praises of God that day because I realized then what happened. I was being buried, amen, and I was coming up and showing the world that my sins had been forgiven and that I was a child of the king, amen, that I was going to live for him, walk for him, and talk for him, amen. Do you remember when you was baptized? Maybe you're here and you've never been baptized. We're fixing to have one, amen. If you ain't been baptized, amen, you get ready because we're going to have one. Praise the Lord. But then, you know, I started singing with a little group. And uh, I, went, I went singing with that group. And 
I was over a little church called Free Hill Baptist Church. Didn't know it because that's where my wife was raised. Didn't know that at the time. And uh, see, here at this church, we're not Baptists. We're not holiness. We're not Church of God. We're non-denominational, okay? But I want to tell you folks something because some of you may not know this. But I believe when you get saved, you receive the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can't get one without the other, okay? Now hear me out when I say that. But I want to tell you something. That night, God gave me a gift that I didn't understand, and it took me several years to ever understand it, brother. I stood in the back of that church. Now, some of you are going to say, now, preacher, that sounds a little twilight zone to me. But God, I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost of God got real in that place. Brother Underwood was up on top of the altar. He was running back and forth, shouting, Had on that, throwing that cap. Boy, just back and forth, back and forth. Here comes Luther D. Hart. Son, she started down that road, and whoa, whoa, had her bonnet in her hand. Whoa, I remember, never will forget, had her blue bonnet in her hand. Shouting, praising Brother Underwood, and we're singing, and, and, and boy, God got a hold to me. And the next thing I know, I was facing the back wall. I was down on my knees, and I was looking at that back wall. And I started seeing myself up in the corner of that church. I started seeing Brother Underwood. I never did turn around and see this go on. I sat in the corner of that church. I felt something that night, church, I've never felt in my life. I want to tell you about a precious time I had with Jesus. Because Jesus will touch you in ways you've never been touched before to show you how real he is. He will touch you. If you ever have any doubts, I have people that come to me and say, Brother Jeff, I don't know if I'm truly saved. Well, you can know. There's no way you can leave here today without knowing if you want to. Because Jesus is wanting to get personal with you. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He loves you more than anything in this world. And that night, I didn't realize it. It took me several years. But he touched me with the gift of the Holy Ghost that night. There's no doubt. I didn't speak no tongues or anything like that. I, I have before. I didn't. Amen. I didn't. And never have in public before. And, and not one time. But I know one thing, the Holy Ghost of God indwelled me that night like he never had. He was done in me, but amen, he touched me that night. Well, it wasn't long after that I announced my calling to preach. And I don't know why God wants me to do this, but he does. Amen. God called me to preach. And, and I told you the other day, three or four weeks ago, about when we first rededicated our life, me and Rhonda. And listen. I'll just tell you this. I, I guess I need to tell you this. But Ron and I got married at 18. We, we were born. We were in the nursery together when we were born. We both laid in the nursery together. We went to school 12 years together. As soon as we graduated, we got married. I don't know anybody else that's happened to, but it did. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. That two years we were married, almost two years, was torment here on earth. We had H-E-double-L on earth in our marriage. It was awful. It was the worst thing in the world. She come to me one day and said, I don't love you at all. And I knew she didn't. Amen. So we ended up divorcing. Almost a year went by before we remarried. But we remarried. God spoke to my heart. I laid on my couch at 5 o'clock in the morning with a gun in my hand. Had a four-bedroom, two-bath home, beautiful home daddy had given me. And I laid there on that couch with him go get in the bed because I was so lonesome. I was a saved man, Brother Rayburn. I'd been saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, and I laid there on that couch, and I held a gun in my hand, and I thought it's not worth it anymore. 
had the gun in my hand, and I said, God, I thought you was calling me to preach. How can I preach if I don't have a wife? How can I preach if I don't have the woman you sent me? I can't even keep a wife. Well, about 5.15 that morning, my phone rang. I didn't know why. My mom and dad had moved to Kingsport, Tennessee. Dad was working at TVA. My mom called me. She said, son, God got on me and said, call Jeff. He's in trouble. My precious mama was gone three years this week. And I thank God for all the time she got in the altar and called my name. She embarrassed me so many times, but she called me by name. And the whole church could hear it. She'd say, oh, Lord, God touched Jeff today. I was sitting in the back row like this right here. Trying to hide. But I was so glad that she called me that morning. God had her to call me. It saved my life. It wasn't but just a week or two later, Rhonda called me. We ended up back together, and God spoke to me right then. He said, if you don't get right with me, if you don't turn your life, heart and life back over to me, it's all over. I think I told you three or four weeks ago, crossed this crossing in a new home me and her had bought. I got down in the living room floor, and God got dealing with me and said, this is your last opportunity. I've showed you this is it. I'm telling you about special times. I want you to think about the times you've had with Jesus. If you've not had times with Jesus, it's time for you to start having these kind of times with Jesus. He's wanting to get personal with you this morning. There's nothing like the presence of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God got a hold of me in that living room, and I said, God, no matter what, whatever you have me to do, God, I'll be willing to do. That's what I'm willing to do, Lord. And I got right that day. I've been living for and trying to ever since. But we ended up back over at New Hope. One more experience about New Hope. Amen. Let me tell you how God works. Okay? Ended back over. God spoke to me one night just out of the blue and said, there's revival going on at New Hope. Or so I saw somebody's store or something. They told me, God got a hold of them and said, go. I thought, well, I don't even know nobody over there. But I did. I knew Ruthie Greason. Ruthie and Dan Greason, the only two I knew at that time. I went over there, and I want to tell you folks something. Y'all ever go to a service that it was just dead? You didn't want to be. You thought, well, why'd I come? I could be at home at least taking a nap. That's how good it is. Now, I'll tell you something, folks. If you go to church and it ain't worth nothing, amen, you need to find another church. Now, listen, sometimes a meeting might not be good to you, but if you go all the time and it's never good, you need to be looking for somewhere else to go. Amen. But I went that night, and about 45 minutes he rolled around, and they were still singing, and it was just still dead as a doorknob. I was sitting just about the same spot back there the night I got up and got saved. And Brother Raymond, I'd been praying for the Lord to let me shout. The Lord loosed my tongue. I stood up about the same row, and I went to shouting, and I was, listen, this is how it works. I was in my mind saying, sit down and shut up, Jeff. And I was shouting. My tongue was loosed. I couldn't stop. If you can, listen, if you can't help but shout, it's real. You listen to me. If you can keep that shout in, you ain't supposed to shout. But if you can't help but for it to come out, it's real. I stood there and I shouted. I shouted and I shouted. And I thought, man, you are looking so ignorant right now. Sit down. I really thought all this. I, I wouldn't have believed it. I'd never shouted before, Brother Aver. And I was thinking, this is crazy. What are you doing? And I shouted for about, I don't, I don't know, just kept shouting. 
But when I come to my senses, from one side to the other, my baby, there was people in the altar. The altar was full. I don't know how many got saved that night. I don't know, but boy, it broke out. This and started testifying. That and started, people started standing up and singing. And I mean, it, people shouting all over the house. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm talking about personal times. You know the Bible talks about the entertained angels unaware. The Bible talks about you set in heavenly places. This is a few heavenly places, but then God called me to preach. Amen. I run from a calling to preach, and I'm sure these other preachers can tell you the same thing. But you know what? When God called me, amen, when God finally said it's time, I, it was the when I least expected it. It was just when I just didn't find God said, stand up now, it's calling. What? I mean, it was just like it would have floored me because I went. I can't tell you how many Sundays I went to church. Fixed it. I told Ron, I'm going to announce it today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I've done that for a year or two. And I, you know what? You know what I tell my young preachers? If you can forget about it, I have them to come to me all the time. Brother Jeff, how do you know God's calling you to preach? If you can forget about it and not have to worry about it, God's not calling you. If you can put it out of your heart and mind and never have to worry about it, God's not calling you to preach. But that day I stood up and announced my calling. Amen. It wasn't six months. I was pastoring a church. I've been pastoring on and off ever since. But I'm going to tell you what happened to me. And then we're going to get them back up here to sing. I want you to think about your personal experiences with Jesus. Because, listen, at the end of this thing, I want to ask you if you truly had him. As one night, I took Spring Hill Baptist Church, my home church. You know the Bible says a, a, a preacher or a prophet without honor saved in his own country? Well, I found out real quick that I thought that was real because I, I was born and raised in Spring Hill Baptist Church about a half a mile from my home where I've been living for 59 years. Amen. Well, I took that church, and for six months, and listen, I was a fireball. I was on fire for, boy, I mean, I was on fire for the Lord. Amen. I prayed day and night. Some nights I wouldn't even go to bed. I'd sit up all night studying and praying because I wanted to see something happen. I just, I would just, I couldn't help it. But I went six months, and I never had one person to come get in that altar. And one night I took all I could take, and I got down, and I said, God, I can't take this no more. Lord, I'm starting to doubt that you even called me to preach. But I am. Then I said, no, I know that different from that because I knew God called me to preach. But then I said, God, I made a mistake by taking this church. That night, I was down at my couch about 2 o'clock in the morning. Had to go work at 4.30. And I was praying. I felt something shuffling around on the couch, or I thought I did. And it's kind of startled me. I thought the boys had woke up right next to me because I was loud. I was praying pretty loud. And I thought they'd got up and come got on the couch. And it wasn't unusual for Rhonda and me to wake her up praying and her to come get down by me and just go to praying. So I looked, and there wasn't nobody on the couch. I felt my clothes still praying. And I looked beside me. There wasn't nobody. And about that time, I'm going to tell you, folks, there was an arm went around me. I'd prayed that night. I said, God, I want to see this many saved. God, I want to see this many baptized. See, the association, the Baptist Association, they keep up with baptisms and all that stuff, which number that stuff don't really matter. Amen, I know. But I'll tell you something. When that stuff happens, you know you're doing something for God. 
God spoke to me that night. He put his arm around me. And I want to tell you something. I felt fear like I've never felt before. I felt a peace, but I felt a fear like the devil's never made me feel. But this was the greatest experience I ever had with Jesus. He whispered in my ear and said, son, you'll reach every goal you set. That week, me and Rhonda went to making posters. I took them down Spring Hill, and I posted them all over the auditorium, all over the fellowship hall, all over every Sunday school room. We're going to see 25 or 30 saved, see uh, 25 or 50 baptized. Going to have so many to join the church. Hadn't had one to come to all of them at Seskett saved. That Sunday, we had 13 souls saved. 13 souls to be saved. I'm just telling you what my Jesus will do. My Jesus will love on you. He will make you promises. Amen. If you will seek him, seek his face, and be honest. Amen. And come to him with a clean heart. Amen. With a pure heart and clean hands. As the word says. Every Sunday, Charlotte Mary knows. They were there. Amen. Was y'all there then? Did y'all start it then? Amen. After that, about every Sunday, there's somebody being baptized. I mean, just every service. Somebody, in the, and we never had a service after that. The altar wouldn't fill up. Listen to me. There's personal times with Jesus. And I want to ask you this right now. Have you had that personal experience? I'm not talking about when you got saved. Let me ask you this. I was telling you about memories. Do you remember leading your first soul to Jesus? Do you remember the first one that stood up up here at New Life Ministries maybe or, or amen at another church and said that they're saved and you knew that you had a part of that soul being saved? Personal times with Jesus. You can walk out these doors and you can say, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Listen, folks, there's nothing more important than what I'm telling you right now of having a personal relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I taught my two boys, Brad and Ryan, all their life, even though they got out and was mean as a striped snake, amen, for a while. I taught them all their life, you can be saved, but there's nothing greater than having a personal relationship with Jesus. I can get in my car. I can go to Birmingham, amen, and never think a thing about anybody being with me because me and Jesus just has a time. Amen. I can get in my closet, me and the Lord, have a time. Amen. You're never alone if you have Jesus in your heart. I want to ask you, every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. I don't know why the Lord's led this way. Amen. But I want every one of you with head bowed and eyes closed. I want you to search your heart. I want you to think, yes, maybe you've been saved, but listen, I don't want to stand before him on judgment day empty-handed. The song says, must I go and empty-handed? I don't want to stand there empty-handed. I want to stand there with the five crowns the Word of God says that I can win. And when he says, enter in, Jeff, my child, well done, I can cast him at his feet, brother. I can cast him at his feet and say, Lord, it's not much. But this is all I got. God knows your heart. God knows your life. Listen, folks, he's wanting to get personal with you, and it all could start in this altar today. It could all start with you just coming and saying, Lord, here I am. I know I'm washed in the blood. Or maybe you're here and you've never truly been saved. Maybe you need to get in this altar and say, Lord, 
It's time for me to be washed in the blood. God knows everything about you. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. Dear Lord Jesus, I don't know why you've led this way, but dear God, I pray, God, that you touched every heart and every life that's here, Lord. Dear Jesus, that you just move, dear God, as we give this invitation. Lord God, at each and every one, God, it needs to come. We'll come and get things right with you, Lord, no matter what it needs to be, Lord. I pray, dear God, as I talk to my boys, Lord, there's nothing more important than having a personal relationship. I don't pray, dear God. I, if, if they just have a relationship today with you, Lord, it's no good. Dear Heavenly Father, if they just have a relationship with you today and Wednesday and Sunday night, God, that's no good, Lord. They need to have a relationship 24-7. Dear Heavenly Father, touch every heart and every life here. I love you. I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody stand. Everybody stand, please.